Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Growing in Grace, the podcast. I'm Joel Ruziki. And my <laughs> friend Mike Kepler, or is it Kepler? Kepler with a C. You ever get that? Oh, oh all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll go to the doctor's office or whatever and give them my name, and they'll say, "All right, uh, how do you spell that?" I'll say K A and go on, and and they'll write C <laughs> quite often. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It's weird with the, when you got they, there's just all kinds of things. My, my wife Tracy. Uh, it's T R A C E Y, and um, she'll get people. She'll say it, and it's the same thing. She'll get T R A C I, T R A C Y. Anything but how it's really spelled. <laughs> so that's how that goes. Well, and you know, like a, a name like Tracy or others that might rhyme with it, you're always wondering: is it E Y or just Y? Right. So yeah, that is what a lot of people think, and. Um, that's just one of the things you got to deal with with names, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, something tells me when we're on the other side, Joel, that we're probably going to have different names anyway. Could be. Maybe I will really, Willie. Maybe I'll be called Willie. Maybe I'll really be called Brewski. Maybe it'll be a joke <laughs> from the, from God. Who knows? <laughs> well, yeah. here's a you, you get there, and here's a list of names. You get to pick one, uh, and I've said this before because I, I got it from Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies. But I always thought it would be nice to have the name Beef Jerky. <laughs> Beef Jerky, yes, yes, indeed. My wife's been watching that uh, the Beverly Hillbillies show lately. Oh yeah, yeah, Jethro. I mean, he why I am the way I am today. <laughs> it shows it really shows you know, mo- most of my life i couldn't decide if i wanted to be a fry cook or a brain surgeon and i landed somewhere in the middle <laughs> somewhere in the middle hey you know speaking of all this uh, talk about names talk about tv shows i got an email i got to forward it to you um someone says she's really loving our uh our podcast um she says uh she's uh, i just want you to know how much i really how much I enjoy listening and all the confirmations you bring my way. I didn't quite understand why on the first episode I listened to, you were talking about an old TV show, (laughs) but now I get your humor together. (laughs) So so anybody (laughs) listening for the first time might be like, what are these guys even talking about? I thought this was a podcast about grace. (laughs) And of course that is what we talk about. That is the whole purpose of doing this thing, but uh, it's good to have fun too, you know, just you know, we don't spend we don't spend an, uh, too much time having fun. That would be improper. You know, you can't do that. Not in Christianity. You can't have too much fun, right? <laughs> no, no. There's there's a limit. You got to have a balance, right? <laughs> a little balance. Balance the grace and the humor. Not just balance. Some people think you got to balance grace and law. Well, we got to balance grace and humor. <laughs> well, so well, we yeah. started. Tra- we started talking last week, Joel, about uh, the Sermon on the Mount and, and was this really a, a new Christian teaching? It, it's one of the false assumptions that's out there. Uh, that is it, 
it was Jesus talking directly to us who would be under the new covenant as believers in Christ? Or was he communicating something to the Israelites who were under the law who needed to find a, a different way? And, you know, it, it's funny sometimes how some, some want to go against us on, on this thing. Uh, if you missed it, uh, go back a program and catch up with us here. Um, you know, when, when Jesus said some of the things that he said there, and even in Matthew 5, for example, the ones who want to clash the two covenants of the old and the new will still try to argue that Jesus stated to do the law and teach it. Jesus said that. Um, and yet I seldom see seminaries instructing pastors on how to do animal sacrifices right. or follow the Jew Jewish clothing rules or the dietary rules or any of that stuff. So we get the black highlighter out and we pick and choose and, and that doesn't work. As we talked about last week, the entire law either has to be in place or the entire thing had to come to an end. Um, and and so it's it's just it's funny sometimes how we, we want to try and stake our claim on our theology. Uh, but w what we're saying really doesn't line up with what we're saying. If, if you right. know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just on that, I someone um, I was in a uh, message uh, on my Grace Roots page on Facebook. I was in a messenger um, conversation with somebody, and uh, the first part of the comment was saying one thing, and then the second part of th this woman's comment was making another point, and the two points opposed each other, but she thought she was making the same point all throughout. And so it's like when you say that, it's like we're, we're, we're saying something, but it's not really w what we're saying. Uh, that There's a lot of double talk. When it comes to when you mix the two covenants together, when you clash them together, like you say. And by the way, you can get uh, Mike Kepler's book, Clash of the Covenants. We don't talk about that enough here on the podcast, but his book, uh, Clash of the Covenants, is available on Amazon, uh, paperback or in Kindle form. So, And that has a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is contained within that book. So I do recommend you getting that. But the, the clash area of that. When you put the two covenants, try to mix them together, try to live from both the old covenant and the new covenant, there is a clash and they don't fit together. There is going to be a lot of double talk. And so when we're looking at the words of Jesus that he spoke to those who were under the law, and then you look at like some of the words of Paul uh, when he was talking about the new covenant and life under the new covenant, it's going to clash they're going to sound a lot different. And as I said at the end of last week's podcast, the reason, again, is because Jesus was talking to the Jewish people who were under the law, and it was for the reason that the law was given. Uh, Paul says that it was to shut mouths and make people guilty. That's what the law did. The law came to do that uh, for those who were under it. And by the way, for Gentiles who were not under the law, Romans 1 says that God has revealed to them what may be known about him, and they have suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. But that's a, a, an aside point. But the whole point here that we're trying to make is that if you're going to mix the covenants and the words of Jesus that were spoken under the law to those who were under the law, if you're going to mix those together with new covenant words, you're going to have you're going to have a big clash. There's, they're, they're not going to work out together, and so we need to understand. The, the words of Jesus that he spoke in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the words of the Sermon on the Mount, 
and also other words that Jesus said. I know we're, we're looking at um, uh, talking about some things that Jesus said to Matthew 18 as well, maybe some other places, who knows. But Jesus said all kinds of things. You are the salt of the earth. This is in Matthew 5:13. Again, speaking to Jews who were under the law. The Old Testament writings talk about them. The people of Israel being the salt, a covenant of salt even. There's a covenant of salt. So it's not believers. Jesus isn't saying you believers are the salt of the earth. Talking about Israel being supposed to be this salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I think you've talked about that in your book, Cap. Uh, I know you said it a lot on the podcast as well. Um, you are the light of the world, verse 14. That's not Christians. That was what God set Israel up as the light of the world. So there's so many of these things that we have taken. And there's much more that we can point out here uh, as Christian talk when it's really Jesus talking to those who were under the law. Yeah, I mean, the, the salt of the earth is a good example. I mean, Jesus didn't offer any encouragement there. You know, you, this everybody lost their saltiness, who is considered the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. based upon the ability to keep the law. Uh, they they lost their saltiness, and, and that means the salt was no longer any good except to be thrown out. <laughs> I, I don't know how we turn this into a, a whole Christian thing where we be to the earth why, why would we want to be thrown out because nobody is keeping this thing as good as was necessary which again as we mentioned last week what was the requirement to keep this law package of 613 commitments it was perfection if you were going to do it it had to be done perfectly um, and so when jesus said things like if you if you don't do things perfectly and you're going to have to cut off your your hand or pluck out your eye um, there's perhaps a little bit of humor going on here, the way he was saying it, perhaps a little sarcasm. In other words, if you're going to try and do it this way through the works of the law, uh, the only way you're going to get there is to start chopping off body parts. Um, and so there's a better way, right? That way is Jesus Christ. And so this entire sermon of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and some other places where Jesus was speaking to Israel um, throughout his time on the earth, but focusing even here on this, this, the thing that we call the Sermon on the Mount, um, it, uh, it, it really was aimed at Israel to try to help them begin to understand that something different was going to have to happen. That's why even within this framework of the Sermon on the Mount, the, what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, which would better be defined as the Disciples' Prayer, mm-hmm. um, even that is also in the Sermon on the Mount, and we don't have time to to get into that and break it down. As you said, Joel, we we do uh, break it down quite a bit in my book, Clash of the Covenants, and um, it's one of those things where people just assume Jesus was telling people to repeat this prayer over and over again when he was telling his disciples, because of this hopeless and helpless situation that you were in, here is how you should pray, that the will of God be done. And what was that will? It was Jesus uh, and his sacrifice, we find in the book of Hebrews. So a bunch of stuff going on here, but ultimately Jesus uh, was trying to steer people away from the law and begin to seek the righteousness of God. Um, not their own righteousness through the works of the law, but the, the righteousness of God. Seek first the kingdom and his, 
his righteousness. Um, that's where he was leading them toward during this sermon. Yeah, let me just expound on that just a little bit with something you said there. Using the law to lead them away from the law. That sounds wrong, you know, at, at face value. But what he was doing, just to explain what you were just saying there, would be that the, the, the purpose of the law, again, was to make people guilty. It was to bring guilt. It was to shut people's mouths uh, from self-righteousness. Like, hey, I can do this. If I'm going to be righteous by God, all I have to do is follow a list of commandments. I can do this. So Jesus used the law to show the people, no, you, can, you think you can do this, but if you really look at what the law really says, you cannot do that. So he was using the law. It's like Paul said that as a Jew in Galatians 2, I threw the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. So Paul must have had some sort of similar experience where he understood the true purpose of the law. It, was, it only made him guilty. It only showed him that he was wrong, that he, that he couldn't be righteous by trying to keep commandments. And then he died to the law so that then he could be joined together with God, so that he could live a life unto God. And really it was God's life that he gave to Paul. And the same thing happens to anybody who believes. You, you, you're dead to your old life, and the life of the Holy Spirit, the life of Christ, comes to live in you, and you have a brand new life that has really, for anybody, has nothing to do with the law. Whether you're a Jew who had the law, like these people that Jesus was speaking to, or a Gentile who never had the law, what you do is your old life dies, and you get a brand new life in Christ. Um, But anyway, back to the point. Uh, Jesus was talking law talk, to those who were under the law, so that they could understand that, as as Paul said in Romans 10, and this is this is really good stuff. I mean, again, we're not going to get way into this, but in in Romans 10, and even at the end of Romans 9, he said, Romans 9:30, what shall we say then that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, we we weren't even seeking righteousness, we didn't care. Romans 1 says that what may be known of God is manifest to people, but they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So whether it's the Jew who had the law or the Gentile who didn't have See, Gentiles weren't even pursuing righteousness. They suppressed the truth. They didn't care. And so what happened was that the Jews who did have the law, they were pursuing Romans 931, Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness because they didn't seek it by faith, he says. And so they were zealous for the law, Paul says in Romans 10, but their zeal was not according to knowledge. And so that is what Jesus is addressing to the Jews in his earthly ministry. They were zealous for the law, but they didn't realize the true purpose of the law and that they could not establish righteousness by keeping the law. Anything you want to wind up with? Well, I I would just point out what you've been trying to point out here, and that is that the contrast between what Jesus was telling Jewish disciples of his who were under that law of works, a place of hopelessness, compared to the revelation of the gospel after the resurrection of Jesus inside of a new and better covenant that Paul was explaining. They seem to contradict each other, but they're not when considered in the context of two different covenants. So when Jesus says, you shouldn't even, when he tells his disciples during the sermon, 
who are under the law, under that old covenant. And he says, you should not even ignore the very least of these commandments if you're going to try to do this thing. Uh, whereas Paul explained that nobody could really do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were no doers of the law. There were none. There was none righteous. Um, and, and so then we go on to explain the gift of God's righteousness that both Jew and Gentile would receive freely, not based upon works of law, but by what Jesus Christ did through a finished work. Right, exactly. Well, Cap, something else that Paul said, we'll talk about this next week, or something else that Jesus said, we'll talk about this next week. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So if we want God to do something for us, do we need two or three of us together? Or does it not have anything to do with that at all? There's a lot of context and a lot of good things to share about this coming up next week on the Growing in Grace podcast as we talk more about false assumptions. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.